Welcome to the latest instalment of Curious Capitalist. On this edition, we have the pleasure of speaking with Larry Bingaman, President and CEO of the Regional Water Authority and Chairman of Conscious Capitalism, the Connecticut chapter. Thank you so much for finding some time for us today. Uh, we're going to ask you a few questions. Uh, how did you first discover the Conscious Capitalism movement? Well, it actually started a few years ago when I began my PhD program and one of the first classes that I took was called Forms of Capitalism for the 21st Century. And we studied the whole range of, of the capitalistic movement. And in the middle of that was conscious capitalism. And the more I studied it, read about it, I thought, you know, this is really a philosophy that not only I believe in and I practice throughout my, my career, but it was also what we were doing at the, um, at the Regional Water Authority. So it, it, it became really a passion for me once I understood what to call it and then figure out how to really uh, bring it into the organization and make it part of our daily activities and identify it what we're doing. So you're essentially, most of the principles behind Conscious Capitalism, you were already doing at the, at the Regional Water Authority and you just then just sort of had a name for it and able to sort of push forward with more, more of the ideas behind it. That's, that's exactly right. We knew what to call it and then we could bring, the, bring a real focus on it. And, you know, it's been my, my personal mission to create positive change in the, in the region through economic development activities. And, and one way to do that I thought as well to embrace the philosophy of conscious capitalism and to let other business leaders know about that particular form of business philosophy. So that's what led me to form the Connecticut chapter of conscious capitalism is so that we can help spread the word and get other leaders to embrace the principles as the norm rather than the exception. I've also had the privilege of going along to some of the uh, the Conscious Capitalism events and they are fantastic indeed in spreading the word. So does your organisation have a stated higher purpose, if you like? If so, what is it and how did you arrive at it? Well, the, the RWA higher purpose is to make life better for people by delivering water for life. And it, it's a it's, we think it's a very noble purpose and it actually dates back to the company's earliest days uh, with our founder, who was Eli Whitney II. And when he founded the New Haven Water Company, our predecessor, uh, it was a time in New Haven history when uh, the city was, was experiencing um, a great deal of sickness because people were drawing their water from cisterns. There was a, a lot of fires that had leveled much of the city. And so Eli Whitney II gathered together a group of investors and stated, we found in some corporate records, that he was going to form this water utility in order to make life better for people in New Haven. And we thought, what a perfect higher purpose. And we just added the product part of that, which was by delivering water for life. So that's something that we, we take very seriously as the way we operate the company and our belief in giving back to the community. It's the way we manage our 27,000 acres of land that we own in Connecticut as well as providing a high quality product to the 430,000 consumers that are in our district. Wow, what an incredible history. What an absolutely incredible history and so naturally aligned to the sort of the conscious capitalism movement as well. 
So thinking about your company's culture and leadership, and without defaulting to your generic core values and, and something you would always see on your website, how would you describe your organization's cultural direction? Well, I, I would think that it, it is one of servant leadership. And as you know, servant leadership is, is a theory where leaders uh, actually work to remove the obstacles from uh, their employees so that they can achieve their personal goals, that they can uh, work better, work more uh, efficiently. And our leadership uh, team, our, our boards, and our employees are all motivated by service to the organization's higher purpose, uh, as well as uh, creating value for all of our, our different stakeholders. So it's leadership's uh, role, I believe, to remove obstacles so that employees can fulfill the company mission as well as achieve our higher purpose. And together, we can make a positive impact on all of our stakeholders, customers, the community, our employees, people that buy our bonds, uh, and, and all of the other different stakeholders. Conscious capitalism claims that stakeholder management is about understanding complex systems and their interrelationships between actors in those systems. Why is that so important for success in business today? Well, I think, unfortunately, business has received a bit of a bad rap uh, because of some few bad players over the, over the few years that has created a number of horrendous corporate scandals. And I think it's incumbent upon business to operate to achieve their higher purpose, to really bring back a benefit to society, along with being financially successful. And by creating that value for all of the stakeholders, understanding that uh, engaged stakeholders lead to sustainable business, um, I think it benefits everybody um, that are the company's stakeholders. That kind of a framework, I think, creates a win-win for all, uh, and the natural outcome is a is a healthy return for all the all the stakeholders. Very important that I think businesses lead and set the example in today's climate. And it's interesting because you know society is now starting to realize greater income disparities. Uh, politicians are starting to ask businesses to uh, operate differently, and I was heartened when the Business Roundtable a few weeks ago announced that they were changing their decades-long policy of a focus on the shareholder first and that they believe that all stakeholders should benefit. And so I thought that that was a significant turnaround for the leading business organization in which the top 200 CEOs of the largest global companies made this policy shift pivoted essentially to say that business should operate for the benefit of all stakeholders, not just one. So staying on the topic of stakeholder management, how does your organization benefit the community at large? Well, I, I think um, guided by the principles, the four principles of um, conscious capitalism, our employees have, uh, I think, always recognized their responsibility to the communities that we, we serve. And they do that in a number of ways. It's obviously uh, providing a high quality product day in and day out. It's being responsive to customer concerns and questions. It's making sure that we manage our 27,000 acres of land in a responsible manner. But we also provide recreational opportunities on that land so people can hike, they can go fishing, um, and do other recreational activities within certain guidelines as long as it 
water quality is not uh, not impacted. And we, we carry out these activities to benefit all of our stakeholders, and particularly the communities where we, we operate, because we believe that we are a guest in the towns in which we provide water. And there's 15 towns within the New Haven region that we supply water to, and we really view ourselves as a guest in their town. So it's important that we uh, operate accordingly, provide value, and we also provide um, opportunities so that, so that people can enjoy our facilities responsibly. We have long recognized our responsibilities uh, to our communities over and above the technical aspects of delivering a high quality product. Our employees are passionate about the work they do and I think a, a great example of that is our forester who uh, is in charge of making sure that our 27,000 acres of land is, is well maintained and he's very passionate about it which is great to see and, and recently we just hired another employee to make sure that we're managing the invasive species that are on the land and uh, that helps keep our forest uh, healthy. They're both extremely passionate about what they do and whether they know it or not they're helping to fulfill our higher purpose of making life better for people because they're maintaining the land in which people can come and, and have recreational activities on it. But I think that's just a, a one example of how passionate our employees are that maintain our system because we have hundreds of millions of dollars in assets uh, and most of it is, is underground. It's the pipes that people don't see in addition to uh, the water treatment plants that they might get a glimpse of uh, off in a distance. Uh, but our employees that maintain those, again, are very passionate about what they do and understand the importance of providing a high quality product every single day, every hour, every minute of the day. And so that is always available to our customers. Thinking about the, the, the passion and dedication to, to the the cause, if you like, tell us a little bit about how you see your work has developed and grown? Well, it, it's, it, it's interesting within the utilities. I believe that, that utilities were formed for the, for the public good, and I think it's incumbent upon them to ensure that they're providing a, uh, a reliable product, that it is of uh, a quality that's necessary to meet whatever regulatory standards are, are in place. And, and with that, you know, we're getting to a point in time in which there's going to be a, a, a passing of generations. Um, about half of the employees that work in any utility will be retiring within the next five years. And a few years ago when we were doing our strategic planning and starting to analyze that trend that 50% of our workforce could retire, we started thinking about how are we going to re replace those individuals and the institutional knowledge that they have. So we set in, in process um, a plan to have all of our employees document the work they do through standard operating procedures. But then we started to work with Gateway Community College and Southern Connecticut State University. And once we presented the case that half of our employees were going to retire in the next five years, as well as the other utilities, there's about 5,000 utility workers in, in Connecticut, 500,000 in the United States. Uh, and half of those are going to leave. And we said, you know, we really need to have a degree program. So we worked with both institutions and created an associate's degree in utility management so that Gateway uh, graduates can then go to Southern Connecticut State University and get a bachelor's degree in utility management with a track in water, gas, or electric operations. So that way it'll help 
train future generations of utility employees that will be making great money it will offer more jobs to more people and i think carry on the legacy of what we are trying to do in terms of being a responsible corporate citizen if you could choose any person dead or alive to come to your dinner party who would you choose and why i think adam smith has always fascinated me when people think about adam smith they think about his book the wealth of nations which was written in 1765 in which he essentially said that people's self and they're driven by their self-interest which really led to this invisible hand to guide the the economic theory but many people forget or don't realize that 16 years before he wrote the wealth of nations he wrote the theory of moral sentiments and actually in that book he had really laid out the way that business should be operated in order to benefit all of its all of its stockholders they should have a conscience a moral judgment and virtue and i find that very interesting because when people today say well we're going to operate you know according to the wealth of nations and focus on the shareholder and let, let self-interest drive things and it, it really is interesting that people are also starting to say today business needs to operate more ethically more uh, morally more uh, in tune with all of their stakeholders and Adam Smith in 1759 essentially said that and so I'd, I'd have a fascinating conversation with him about what what drove him to write that book and then and then 16 years later write the the wealth of nations as a as a follow-on so i think that'd be a tremendous conversation uh right so what advice would you give a young up-and-coming business professional in today's ever-changing world well i, I think it's it's important for uh, young people to find their their higher purpose um, it's been said that the two greatest moments in an individual's life is when they're born and when they find out what their purpose is or something to that effect. I think it's important when it, for individuals to find their higher purpose and then to join organizations in which the, the purpose of the organization and the individual are aligned. Uh, first of all, that'll make a, the employee a lot happier when they're, when they're aligned. But I think it's also uh, an opportunity for that individual to be more fully engaged in the organization. Secondly, I think employees, when they come to work, they need to bring all of themselves to work so that they offer their thoughts and their ideas to provide better customer service, to uh, serve all the stakeholders better, and to, uh, to, to be more efficient. And, you know, it's interesting because it's, research has been done that shows that companies that operate according to the four principles of conscious capitalism, but higher purpose in particular, outperform their peers. A uh, recent study showed that over a 15-year period, companies that operated according to uh, conscious capitalism and following the higher purpose outperformed their peers 14 to 1 compared to those companies that didn't. And um, and when I say 14 to 1, that's vis-a-vis uh, -vis the uh, stock market. Um, and outperformed the companies that were in Jim Collins' Good to Great book by 6 to 1. Wow. So it's proven that operating toward um, using the principles of conscious capitalism really does pay off for the stockholder but also for all the other stakeholders of an organization. Wow, that's incredible, incredible statistics. It reminds me of an old phrase I used to hear when I was younger which was, uh, find a job you love 
and you'll never do a day's work in your life. That's exactly right. Absolutely. true. So come on then, Larry, when you're not focused on your work, which is a huge part of your life, and pursuing your PhD in organizational change and management, what do you do to relax? Well, I'm a, uh, I'm a sports car enthusiast. Oh, really? Yes, and so when I'm not working or pursuing uh, my studies and the weather permitting, love to get into a 1964 sunroof Porsche and uh, have my wife and I and our two schnauzers uh, tour along the back roads. The of, image uh, I have in my head now, Larry, is just a dream. I feel like I need a photograph to accompany yeah, this podcast now. It, it's absolutely pure Nevada. What color is it? It's uh, champagne yellow. That's absolutely incredible. Absolutely, Larry, it's been an absolute pleasure meeting you. Thank you so much for your time today. Hopefully we'll get to speak to you once again. Uh, Larry Binghamman, President and CEO of the Regional Water Authority and, of course, the Chairman of Conscious Capitalism, Connecticut Chapter. Larry, thank you. Thank you. It's been great being here. Here, Claire.